welcome aboard the Little Red Bandwagon, your twice-weekly podcast about the podcast that might just be too beautiful to live. From the Stick of Butter Studios in New Brighton, Minnesota, I'm Ann Lundholm. On Fridays, we bring you an appreciation piece to share how much we love TBTL, but this is Monday, where we hash out everything good and bad that happened on last week's show. I hope everybody has their eclipse glasses at the ready, because this recap is at 100% totality. And joining me on today's panel is the lady scientist with all the bendiest yoga poses and a taste for rosé from Dallas, Texas. It's <laughs> Meredith Mahan. Good morning, Meredith. Good morning, Ann. And watching the floodwaters rise while he takes a break from packing up the insect museum in Kyle, Texas, it's Mike Frizzell. Good morning, Mike. Good morning. I need to run out for some more pins. I got to get all these insects pinned into these little cases before I was going to ask you that. I want to know, is there enough room in the new house for the whole insect collection? Because I figure that's a lot of those specimen boards and those chests with like the really wide, flat pull-out drawers that you have to move over there. We have some outbuildings, so we're dedicating a couple of them to um, (laughs) wings, as it were. No pun intended. (laughs) Got it. Your house is going to be an attraction. Absolutely. Well, I wanted to buy another house, but I sensed that Bobby was getting real sarcastic about us because <laughs> we keep buying, keep houses. buying houses. I don't know. Well, if you buy it now, that's okay. <laughs> if you wait till next summer, he's going to yeah, be annoyed. Be, he's going to be mad. <laughs> yep. Well, as usual, we will do some LRB business. We'll take you through the week in review. We'll do some housekeeping and we'll tell you how you can get involved with the show. We've got a lot of business. I think first up, uh, we want to have an update on the move. Mike, how's it going? Well, I guess I returned to the show last week, but it was kind of a weird uh, show because y'all were having a party and I was elsewhere. But um, so I didn't do an update then, but this will be the last show from Kyle, Texas. Um, the Emily and Cullen have been moving a lot of stuff over to the new house. Probably half of our um, stuff is over there at this point. And then next Friday, we're having some movers come to take all of the big furniture, including the beds, which means it's time for old. <laughs> Clip clop to <laughs> clop on over there to to prop up his leg. So um, we are mid move. Uh, once that the the once that process is over, like week after next, um, which right now I guess I would say next week, we begin reading this house for sale here in Kyle. You know, little touch ups or whatever, and and get it ready to go because we are not going to rent. We are going to sell and get out of the Kyle business entirely. But so the that's great, where we are. The great thing about this is there's no bunny damage that you have to repair. No. <laughs> None at all. No bunny damage. Although, um, although that bunny damage ended up only being about like five or six hundred dollars total. Because really? we got this guy wow. who's just a genius at the baseboards and he was just like he remolded everything and, you know, he made it all look good. And it certainly, if you turned like a black light on it or something, probably looked like very patched together or whatever, but it looked fantastic in the photos. And we, we snuck, the, snuck it by the goalie. So the, the bunny damage, probably not as, as bad over the years as some 
like the accumulation of stuff that that Abby has eaten. Oh, gross! <laughs> I would say. <laughs> but uh, pets are expensive, people. Yep. But to, yeah, the but no no bunny damage. He's going over. He has he has a huge enclosure that that uh, that you all have seen mm-hmm. that will go over, and then he has his his summer home, which he goes into whenever there's something going on in the living room or. Um, we need to clean his cage. So he has a nice, a nice stand-up summer home that I don't know if you guys have seen other than maybe on Facebook. But it's a stand-up. It's like an IKEA dresser with uh, a glass front and and like mesh sides that that sits in uh, up on up on uh, up on some legs. So he's well taken care of, and he has not damaged this home. Thank God. I've done enough damage with my fucking wheelchair. Sorry. <laughs> I was thinking what a, a luxury it is to have a little time to do the move where you don't have to close on one and then close on the other and get it all done in a weekend. Yeah. It was certainly better than last time. I mean, Meredith was here and we worked her and Duff to death trying to get out of our other house, uh, which ended up being pretty much insanity because they, <laughs> they, uh, the, the couple, an elderly couple, bought it from us, and and they are in the business of buying and uh, renting houses. And like three months later, the house was still empty, and we there was a sign in the yard, but the phone number didn't work, and the contact <laughs> information for the guy who bought the house didn't work. So they were just letting I don't know fifteen hundred, seventeen hundred dollars, two thousand dollars a month just sit there. But um. They eventually rented it, but it feels crazy, you know, when you go through all that to get out of a house and then you drive by there a month later. And it's it's like, empty. Still for rent. <laughs> yep. <laughs> mm-hmm. Fuck you. <laughs> Fuck you, old you. people and your retirement scheme. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Put up a website that works and a phone number that where the where the voicemail's not full, and then maybe somebody will rent this gorgeous little house. Reload your cricket phone <laughs> so yeah, people I mean, can call you. The market is so crazy here, they would have rented it in a day had any of their information worked. Uh, Well, we're thinking of you. We wish we could be there to help, but not really. (laughs) It's miserable. (laughs) It is stormy outside, and it is miserable. We finally have the truck backed up to the garage, so uh, Emily and Colin can, unless unless it's blowing into the garage, we can safely move some things. Well, let's move on to a little bit more business. I want to mention last week's recap again uh, and say an extra thanks. We thanked him on the show itself, but we want to say thank you to Aiden McQuillan, our, as I think Bobby said, youngest and most talented engineer for uh, keeping the uh, the show afloat. And we also want to thank Aiden's older sister, Bailey, for doing the show picture for that week. I that was think, great. Yeah, Bobby mentioned it when he posted the show, but we were talking about how for the show pick, we should maybe draw something like Luke and Andrew have been drawing things. And I think I said, let's get Aiden to do it. He needs to start work- earning that salary that we're not paying him. And then Christy said, no, let's get Bailey to do it because she's an artist. So she drew us in our fursonas, which was a new word to me. <laughs> so good. <laughs> I, I like it because we were doing a TBTL thing, but as usual, we're doing it better than they <laughs> are doing it because we use our resources at hand. Yes. And she's so talented. So I wanted to say one more time, thank you to Bailey. 
Uh, also, the Friday show came out. I hope everybody listened to the Little Red Boat Wagon slash Picnic, where we got to talk to all kinds of people at at our gathering and get their thoughts and hear what they brought. And the one thing that I think that I learned is that nobody fears Mike's authority. <laughs> I was listening this morning, guys, and at least the first five out of the first seven people were disrespecting my uh, my my potluck investigation, and I don't appreciate it. They 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 pretty much said they knew about it, but they didn't they didn't bother with it. So yep. maybe they'll fear me when I'm there and waving a stump around at them or something. That's true. Not it's not happening with me not physically there. Do what I tell you, or I'll show you my stump. Yeah, yeah. I'll show you the I'll pictures. Show you some old pictures. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> if you don't want to look at this here, <laughs> scroll scroll through some of this. So next time people do better or do the same because it was kind of funny. (laughs) Yeah, it was. Uh, I also have a a thought that I wanted to talk about, an experience, if you will, and my first trip to Seattle. And that was that Jeremy made me try apples and collets. And was that your first time too, Meredith? Yes. I mean, technically with those specific things. I've had other similar You've had awful candy before. Candy, yeah. <laughs> so I want to tell the story of how this happened. Um, after we left Meredith and Duff and Kate, after we had lunch, we were going to stop at a Bartels for some reason. I'm unclear on. And Jeremy said to me, hey, Anne, have you ever tried applets and cutlets? And I said, no, I haven't. He said, oh, you got to try them. They're so great. And I listen when other people talk. I heard what you said, Mike. I heard Mike Farnan's reaction to trying them. And I said, no, I think I'm good. And you know, Jeremy's history of what he finds delicious and what he finds. Exactly. I was like, yeah. I'm okay. I don't need to try them. And he said, no, no, you have to try them. They're so great. Mm. So we get to the Bartels and we go to the little end cap display that has like a bunch of different varieties. And he's like, oh, which kind of, of apples and cobbles do you think that you want, Anne? And I was like, mm. don't put this on me. I don't. It's like asking a death row inmate how he wants to go. <laughs> What difference does it make? Exactly. Yeah, I, I'm, I die no matter what. So, <laughs> so he brings oh, them out later in the evening and he's, you know, foisting them on us all. And I tried one and I bit into it and I thought, well, this isn't so bad. It's just kind of jelly-like. And then I bit a nut and that was weird. And then I tasted <laughs> the rest of the jelly and I was just like, uh-huh. oh, dear God, what is in this? And I tried so hard to swallow it, but I couldn't. Mm-hmm. Somewhere Bobby is screaming, sounds like my last date. Um, <laughs> I actually had to spit it out into the trash can because it was so nasty. Really? I didn't mm-hmm. know that. Ugh. I tried one too and I took, I, I bit it in half and I made a terrible face that I think <laughs> cracked everybody up. <laughs> and it's totally involuntary. And then I just handed the rest to Jeremy. And he's like, I was like, will you eat this? <laughs> yes, I will. <laughs> he just ate my half-eaten candy. And wash it down with some zero-carb monster Energy drink. bullshit. Yep. Yeah. And then after the, the group had eaten as much of the box as they wished, Ellie came around and poked every remaining piece with her little finger that had been playing in the lake and the dirt and the, <laughs> everything all day. And I was like, well, that Good for her. <laughs> yep. They're now yours. And no one, no one can shame you into eating it anymore because now at least it's tainted. Nope. So now I can say that I've tried apples and collets. I understand. I had thought before. Well, how bad can they be? It's candy. 
but it's that bad. Yep. Oh, it's in, and I apologize. Sounds like my last date in advance, but it's the wet nuts that really mm-hmm. <laughs> cause a problem for me. Mm-hmm. All right. Let's move on to less disgusting things. I want to um, give a couple of congratulations. Congratulations first to our friend Megan Keene on her new baby, Brennan. All of a sudden, she just posted a picture that was like new addition to the family. And I was like, wait, what? And it's so great. Congratulations to Megan and her husband. Uh, he's The baby is so brand new that he still has those little scrawny chicken legs, you know, like before they start to plump up. And he's mighty cute. So. And he's about the size of a Chipotle burrito. They posted a picture side by side. He's about that big. It sounds like he was a little bit early, um, but he looks like he's doing great and he's adorable. Yay. New Wagoneers. Yes. And also, I would like to say congratulations to future Dr. Andrew, who we met at the Austin show. And the reason he said he wasn't going to come to the picnic was because it was two days before he started medical school, which is why I'm calling him future Dr. Andrew. And uh, he's going to the University of Galveston. So what a week to start mm-hmm. med oh. school and then get well, shut down by a let's, hurricane. <laughs> let's put that school back together and then let's get him get him in that school. Yes. So he checked in that he's he's fine. He's writing it out. But uh, I, I'm thinking of you, Andrew. So good luck and um, keep the, ha- the hatches batten down. Uh, moving on, we got so many throw your phone moments this week. <laughs> A lot of them boat related. Mm -hmm. So we'll go through those during the week. There was one update that we got from last week's recap. We were talking about Jen's story of the, uh, the, the toothless bank robber. In Roslyn, oh, right. who robbed however I many of those things. I should have followed things. up on that myself. What yeah, happened? and so we got a message from Anne, who I forget if she lives in Roslyn or she has a yarn shop maybe mm-hmm. in Roslyn. And right. she sent us this message, clarification, you could rob 100% of the banks in Roslyn and have broken no laws. <laughs> the bank robbery was in Clee Elam. I don't know if I'm pronouncing that right. Oh, Clee, Clee Elam. Uh-huh. You're close. About one block from where the meat vending machine was recently vandalized. Oh, it must be so frustrating <laughs> for that guy to walk over there with all the money he just stole and buy a bunch of meat he can't eat. And then she says, Roslyn used to have a bank that was open until noon, but the branch closed at least a decade ago. Power out. Oh, okay. oh well, I appreciate the update there. Yeah, I, I just didn't picture. I've been through Roslyn a couple of times. I just didn't, just wasn't picturing a bank, you know, but... <laughs> Apparently, they had a teller open for a minute. But. Frankly, the dazzling detail in all of this is the meat vending machine, right? <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I hope it's refrigerated is all I have to say. And I got, I'm glad I got a chance to say Cleellum. Yeah. <laughs> you don't get a chance to say that very often. No, probably not. Who gives towns weird names like that, for God's <laughs> sakes? Uh, they're honoring they're honoring the Native Americans by stealing their salmon and giving their town a <laughs> name that they'll regret. Cleella. <laughs> All right. So we'll get to the rest of the throw your phone moments as they arrive during the week. And I will kick off the week in review with Monday, number 2450, Captain Daddy and the Rude Dog, which I have a visceral response <laughs> to that title for some <laughs> reason. I can't tell if it's Captain Daddy or if it's Rude Dog that makes me kind of go ick. <laughs> Uh, I think mm-hmm. it's Captain Daddy for me. Yeah, you're fine. Right. He's been yeah. calling himself Daddy a lot lately, and I really don't <laughs> like it. And neither and does Andrew. 
Rude Dog, I mean, he Rude Dog is not calling herself that, so I'm not embarrassed for her, right. so there's not that visceral embarrassment. <laughs> well, we start with a cold open in Luke's driveway. Uh, we have a couple of questions and worries to start off with. The trailer lights don't work for the boat trailer. The trailer tabs have expired. The boat tabs are expired. And in fact, at one point, he said it's 2015 are the tabs that he currently has on it. Um, it's not like it's not like your car tabs. They're pretty big. It's pretty easy to see when your boat tabs are expired. Um, he's worried that there isn't enough juice to, in the battery to start the boat. So they have to do a test on that. And Luke's worried because he's never tried to back the boat down into the water at this particular <laughs> location. So solid plan. And Andrew says, nope, no, no backup plan at all but we'll go with it. Mm -hmm. And they're talking about it. And at that point, uh, Luke backs into the planter box and destroys it. And um, I'll say he then spends the entire show worrying about getting into trouble with Carrie about wrecking the planter. And this will be the first of our throw your phone moments uh, (laughs) (laughs) from Megan. Uh, Luke and Boats, he literally doesn't know the bow from the stern. Previously, my anecdote for illustrating Luke's lack of nautical knowledge was he thinks you're supposed to beep your horn when you go under a bridge. Sailboats and large boats sound their horns when going under drawbridges <laughs> to request that the bridge open, and each bridge has a required horn pattern. He has this this childlike understanding, or thinks he has an understanding of of how this stuff works. And what I'm picturing is like you know when when a little kid sees the trucker, and you're on your summer road trip, and you. Pull down the thing mm-hmm. to make the guy always right. make him honk. You know, that's, that's, there's no actual communication going on, according to Luke, with these horns or flags or whatever it is, nautical. It's, it's all just fun. So fun. I do, I kind of like the mental image of him going under the bridge and going beep, beep every time, <laughs> <laughs> just for hey fun. Guys, I'm going I'm under a bridge. <laughs> It's like uh, when when Ginger gets to go on a walk, like her first first 15, 20 feet, she's out the door. She's barking and all she's saying is, I'm on a walk. <laughs> <laughs> Look at me. That's Luke with his little horn. But, um, but I, you know, we're worried because once we, he, he gets it actually in the water and then we find out he's got to run the bilge pump because it's leaking right. all the time. <laughs> I was, you know, I'm I'm like, okay, now it's getting serious, but... I was thinking of all the phones that were being thrown into Bellingham Bay. We're going to keep the keep the boat up <laughs> above the surface because I don't know of anyone who didn't throw their phone during during this uh, the first part of this episode, right? How well, could you not? It's a hundred percent, right? Well, Megan uh, wrote this wrote in this throw your phone moment to us, and then she immediately submitted another one. <laughs> a hug my phone moment Megan she, you gotta you gotta say it you gotta save you know you know he's gonna piss you off again the, later in the episode you gotta save that but that this message. is but this is a hug my phone moment she says I did sort of adore how the intro ended with a crunching noise and oh shit uh, I also loved Luke's obvious delight when Genevieve's We've used the term occlusion, which I'll get to in a minute. But we also got a similar uh, submission from Lauren, who said, hug your fun moment of the year, Monday show (laughs) open, wherein Luke backs the boat into a planner. And what we hear mid-sentence is, shit, crunch. Although (laughs) 
I would argue, Lauren, that it was actually crunch shit. Yeah. Instead. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> but I take and your I, meaning. I don't want to act like like um, I'm some pundit or whatever, but I feel like as soon as I heard that, I knew that he did a planner <laughs> outside of his house. You could just sense I just it. I was already pictured it. I just already pictured it happening. I was like, oh, there's an exploding planner because that's the only that's the only thing I've ever backed into. And it was I was a kid. I wasn't even of legal driving age yet, and I was putting gas in uh, a car I wasn't supposed to be driving, and I had it in reverse instead of. <laughs> Instead of drive, and I exploded a planner at the Exxon, and I was out of there so fucking fast. Sounds like the planner was the least of your problems. It was I. Hey, the 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 thud and the shit. I mean, it was it brought brought back that primal memory of when I was like fourteen. <laughs> so then we have a couple of other throw your phone moments that are related from Alicia. She says, "When did taco become a verb? Is that a thing? That can't be a thing." <laughs> And Lauren says, Luke's repeated mention of tacoing the planter with the boat trailer made me cringe every time. I kept thinking that word, it does not mean what you think it means. I think one can totally use it in that way, but should one? Yeah. No, they shouldn't. That's weird. He did. I've heard it plenty of time, but I've never used it. Wow. Uh And it's it's referencing crunching into a hard shell taco, right? Which we all know is... Not really a taco. Ooh. Shots fired. <laughs> Come at me. I'm not going to argue about tacos, but um, that is, that's kind of what, what you're getting at is like, you know, someone backs into your car. It's the sound. Mm-hmm. It's the, you know, the visceral. Well, I, I think crunching. maybe most of us can say that we threw our phones and then we laughed in that like two mm. minute yeah. <laughs> section of show. Mm-hmm. So after the uh, opening music, then we come back and they have successfully made it into Bellingham Bay. Um, Andrew has a Y2K feeling, he says, <laughs> about the eclipse. <laughs> um, yes, Luke fumbled a lot, but he got the job done. Andrew is proud of himself because he figured out how to unlock the motor. And he says that's because he's culturally nautical. <laughs> I think he's detail oriented. I think yes. he's been the best, the best part of the boat trips, as far as competence, um, competency. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, because he's looking around his boat and he's going like, "How can we operate this thing?" <laughs> Luke's like, "Just drop it in the water; it'll be great." Well, Andrew and seems to have some degree of technical competency, probably from when he was right. working with his father, his business, and his mm-hmm. factory and stuff like that. So, fixing yeah. something small like this probably is not too crazy for for Andrew to do. Mm-hmm. Right. I'm not like that. I'm kind of like Luke. I'm like, yeah, let's put the boat in the water. We'll figure it out. And But you you need someone like Andrew who's like, well, we're not going anywhere until we figure out how to unlock this fucking right. motor box. <laughs> right. Somebody who's capable of going, well, A to B to C yeah. to mm-hmm. ah, here exactly. we go. Gets us to pumping out our our boat in the middle of the lake during a partial <laughs> eclipse. Yes. <laughs> So uh, Rudy is with them, and she's wearing a life jacket just in case. I guess that's not the worst idea in the world. I mean, labs are water dogs, essentially, right? Mm-hmm. So they can swim pretty well, but it can't hurt to have a life jacket on her. Mm-hmm. Especially if you're going out into deeper water. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And Andrew is <laughs> decides he's not going to drink any of the coffee that Luke gave him <laughs> because he's worried that he's going to have to pee and he doesn't want to pee off of the boat in case someone sees him. <laughs> yeah, that's 
that would be you'd never forget your eclipse day watching <laughs> some giant simian. Uh, it would be it would be like the nautical version of that um, the Sasquatch picture, <laughs> but instead it would be. Andrew waving his wang around Bellingham Bay. Well, and Andrew would never forget the day he was added to the sex offender registry. Either, <laughs> right. <so. laughs> right. I can't come back to Whatcom County. I got to go around if I want to go to Canada. Yep. And, and again, Luke, bad boat owner. Let's have some Gatorade bottles out there. Oh, good thought. Yeah. Yeah. You can keep it on the down low. Just pour it in. Nobody's going to know. Gross. Just make sure you yeah, it's, dispose it's, of it. It's gross, but would you rather see that or a giant teetering Andrew trying to keep <laughs> his balance? Someone get a tattoo of that. <laughs> On his little sailboat. On his little sailboat that he drew. <laughs> uh, so the rest of the show is essentially watching the eclipse unfold. They they test the glasses and then they get really excited that the eclipse is starting. And um, mm-hmm. Luke continues to use the word occlusion because he heard Genevieve say it. And so he thinks it's a really good word. I knew right <laughs> away that it was incorrect. I was like that. I don't I don't think so. And maybe we'll just mention now that the next day they've been they've been corrected that the word is not occlusion. It's occultation. But they're pretty close. Uh, Luke does like uh, getting a fancy word every once in a while. Oh, yeah, he it, does. It really, it does delight him. Um, so Andrew brings the planter back up. Luke had sort of successfully put it out of his mind. But <laughs> I hate that guy. I hate that guy when you're on a road trip. Yep. Oh, is your wife going to be mad that we... Oh, fuck you. Why did you say that? <laughs> so Luke is trying to figure out how he can spin this to get in trouble the least amount. And I wrote down... Are you men or are you children? I mean, I'm not married. <laughs> I've never been close enough to getting married that I would have this kind of dynamic. But do men really worry about getting, quote, in trouble, unquote, with their partner? Uh, answer for Duff, Meredith. Um, so I don't think all men do. Hashtag not all men. I think there's a certain kind of man who does. Right? A man like Luke. <laughs> Yeah, and I think there are situations in which almost any man would worry about getting in trouble. Sure, there are certain things any yeah any partner shouldn't be doing. Uh, you know, I think those kind of go without saying. But for things like this, uh, you know, I wouldn't. I'm not the kind of wife where I would be like I would put him in the doghouse for doing no. something like this. That's ridiculous. I mean, it's, no. it's just a planter. Well, this, but this situation though, Anne. He bought two wooden boats behind his wife's back. It's a admittedly stupid hobby for someone who doesn't under, understand or care to understand how to operate yes. said boats. And the first time he takes one of his boats out from their beautiful home, which they've worked very hard on in Bellingham, he just beefs a planner. Um, <laughs> it's probably not I've, just the planner thing that he's worried about. I think it's this culmination of stupid uh-huh. decisions that Luke makes. And he's yes. got to be a little bit careful and walk on eggshells maybe a little bit because he knows yeah. he's an idiot in some some little por- part of his mind. Yeah, because she's cool as hell. But there is a breaking point to anyone in indulging someone else's stupid hobby. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like it, like if I told Emily that I, I can't move next week because I have a fantasy football draft. Oh, no, no. Something, you no know? That's not going to work. <laughs> it's like, oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> you do not have a fantasy football dream. Sorry. Uh, well, Andrew gets into this whole getting in trouble thing by sharing this story about how 
he didn't really want to get a new car because he was afraid that he would ding it and that Genevieve mm-hmm. would get upset. So, of course, he dinged it on the second day they owned it. And he had that same terrible in-trouble feeling. And he didn't know whether he should tell her that he did it or just leave it and wait for her to notice it and be like, what, that? That's, I don't know. That's, I guess that's been there. I'm starting to think that Andrew has some, like, spatial awareness issues Mm -hmm. from the things. He scraped up that rental Yaris and he's so concerned about parking. I wonder maybe if it's because he has a hard time. In a, in, a two, in a two-car driveway, he scraped up a Yaris, and a Yaris no is other cars. The size of a maybe a little red wagon, perhaps. <laughs> like they're not hard to navigate. It's it's slightly larger than the than the facade that Jack made that you right, guys stood behind. Exactly. It's like scraping the mirror on that little red van wagon. Yeah. It's like, yeah. how did you fucking do that? <laughs> At least that those were Carrie's words. Well, Andrew did actually confess, right? I mean, not confess, but notified her that it happened. He's mm-hmm. probably, he's one of those people that has such a guilty conscience that... But he if, didn't even do it, did he? I mean, I think he just came out and it, well, was, that, it was like that. So I don't think there's yeah. any blame. I think he wanted to no. spare Vives that kind of sinking, oh man, that kind of feeling of like, our yeah. brand new car has a thing. Like, I had, I got a car last November, last year, two two years ago, and I think after the first two weeks, I came out to it in a parking lot and it had a huge gouge down the side of it because somebody, you know... Uh, angled out of their parking spot next to me too, too severely and scraped the whole side of my brand new car. And, mm. and I don't really get too upset about those things, but I mean, it was serious. It was a big, big gouge and they didn't leave a note or anything like that. So it was just like, well, I guess this is my car now. Those jerk parking faces. lots in Texas are tricky as fuck. And unless you have a monster truck, which 70% of the people in this state yep. do most of my most of my parking lot experience is is backing out just saying oh well oh well I here we go works. <laughs> right well i've noticed i think when i moved here my first impression was everything is bigger here except the goddamn parking place spots no. like they yeah, aren't bigger yeah. at all <laughs> nope they're smaller hmm. somehow nope. than up north <laughs> so not only are you backing out um you're not backing out at an angle that's going to prevent you from getting in the next lane of traffic right you know what i mean yep so parking lots are brutal here mm-hmm. and I, it, so much so there are so, so many scrapes and dents that go down in texas that i never saw in seattle yeah. just and people just they have too much car they have too much mm-hmm. truck they have too much car they're getting in accidents i mean i don't know my truck rant i've gone on it before <laughs> but uh if you can't handle it don't buy it. Yeah. Well, I, when I bought my last, my current car, I should say, which is 14 years old, um, it came full of dents and dings. And it was such a relief to not mm-hmm. have to worry about right. that thing because it, it belonged to my boss's mother-in-law. And so when she was showing me, she was like, and, and this is the good bumper. There's one bumper <laughs> that doesn't have dings and scratches. If you're going to hit someone, darling. <laughs> But it totally takes all the pressure off. I don't worry about it at all because whatever, it's all scratched and dented to hell already. So, Mm -hmm. well, and I also think too when you when you get that first ding or whatever, it's like you can't look at anything else, even if no one else can see it. Right? Mm -hmm. You know, just walking by. But I'm sure that one you had, Meredith, you had to get fixed because you couldn't look at it. Or nope, it's still there. It's on the other side of my car. It's on the passenger side, so I almost never see it. (laughs) 
<laughs> okay, good, good. And it hasn't affected. It wasn't so deep that it gouged the paint or anything. So when, if it were when on I your go door, to, I bet you'd have got it. Yeah, uh, yeah, oh yeah, <laughs> definitely. <laughs> well, after they talk about um, getting in trouble, Luke decides that he'll just call Carrie and leave her a message and let her know because he can't wait even one more minute to to tell her so that she doesn't walk out of the house and find the the planter annihilated. And also that she doesn't miss the eclipse that she gives not a fuck about. Right. He keeps bothering her to go out. It's like, why? (laughs) She doesn't want to look at it. It's fine. (laughs) And Andrew says that Luke can fix this by fixing it. Just fix the planner. It'll be fine. I was like, that's very sensible Mm -hmm. advice. Um, Then they're waiting for the eclipse. Sell a boat and buy a new planner. (laughs) They're waiting for the eclipse some more. And they talk about how much Andrew loves Rudy and how chill she is. And, but maybe is she too chill? Uh, Luke says she doesn't like wearing the life jacket. It kind of neutralizes her. It like thunder shirts her down. Or mm-hmm. something. Yeah, I guess so. Um, at this point, Luke asks, do you think the show plan is working out? And Andrew's like, sure, but I thought the show would be better. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, the, yeah. the thing is, this whole show was about sitting in a boat waiting for something to happen. So I kind something of... Something visual. Yes. I, I enjoyed it. I I enjoy it when they just kind of shoot the breeze a little bit. But uh, but yeah, they didn't really have anything planned to fill the time, which I think that Andrew realizes at this point. Plus, they did the the huge firework explosion at the beginning instead of the end of the show. Right. You know, right. That, the, <laughs> the finale should have been them. They should have switched should have time around to where they got the planner on the way home. <laughs> yep. So Andrew calls Genevieve to see what she's doing eclipse-wise. She's 100% more excited about this than Carrie is for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not often that where you reach peak occlusion, right? You know? <laughs> Luke thought that the eclipse would look like night, so he's kind of disappointed about that. Uh, that's the difference, Luke, between ninety percent and a hundred percent totality. Here, here, it, like it was like it got cloudy for a couple minutes, like a cloud mm. went over. And I was like, oh, yeah, it's yeah. kind of shady for a minute. This we feels were nice. in, I mean, we were in on. downtown Seattle. We were on top of a parking garage and it was, I think it was a little more than in Bellingham because we were further south, I think. So like 94%. Mm-hmm. And it was just kind of like evening for a few minutes. Yeah. That's all it was. Well, we hardly saw it at all because the whole Twin Cities area was just clouded up totally big thick gray clouds but so. didn't it didn't stop you and the gang from from your office uh calling snack time so no right? no nope we went up on the roof <laughs> and we hung out on the roof I, <laughs> snack i was kind of excited because you know they talk about how all the birds and animals get silent mm-hmm. um but there are these huge fans on the top of our building so right we oh. couldn't hear anything but the fans, so i don't know hey there were some That's seagulls wild. on the on the parking garage by us, and they started to kind of roost like it was bedtime for a minute. Mm-hmm. That was kind of fun. Oh. Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, they see a seal, and they wonder if the seal knows that something's going on that's special. <laughs> um, and Luke says that uh, he thinks that Total Eclipse of the Heart is going to be the most used song today from iTunes. Uh, one of my coworkers had it on his phone and he played it on the roof. <laughs> okay. Yep. Uh, and then he said something that I thought was really pretty interesting, that if this had happened when he was a kid, he would have been scared that the world was ending because of of the Burbank's religious persuasions. He would have thought that this was the beginning of the end. And he goes on to talk somewhat confusingly about how barcodes were, quote, the beginning of the mark of the beast. 
which that I didn't was a, understand. That was a talking point back in the day among the Pentecostal crazies. That they were going to barcode everybody or something? <laughs> yeah, everyone's okay. going to be barcoded and, and it, yeah, that was going to be the future and and it was all going to be monitored by the government and mm. that's still out there. You can, oh, yeah. you can Google that. Sure. sure. But but uh, that does make sense that he would have been actually scared by the idea and the, the happening of an <laughs> eclipse back in those days. Oh, that's sad too. That, that yeah. anyone makes any yeah. kid feel that way. It is. That that their world is that is ending. I mean, we I didn't I wasn't a religious kid, but we had the Cold War and you know, when I was in in junior high and high school, I was like, well, every day was like, you know, like Trump and North Korea. I was like, well, is somebody somebody going to press a button? The the only difference was the guys that um, the guys with their fingers poised above the button, not fucking insane maniacs. So right. that's a comforting thought. Yeah, yeah, sorry, that's a little downer for a <laughs> Sunday morning. <laughs> I remember having to do like the nuclear drills where you got down under your desk, as if that was going to mm-hmm. make any difference. Right, yeah, right, desks right. are somehow sheltering you from <laughs> nuclear fallout. I jumped, I jumped up into a football fair catch position because I want to catch the bomb. I want to be in okay. the middle of it. I don't want, <laughs> I don't want to be on the outskirts where you just get really sick and die in like two days. Duff and yeah. I were talking about um, when we were in Seattle on top of that parking garage. This would be the perfect time for somebody to, you know, kind of bomb the shit out of us if they wanted to. Right? Everyone's everyone's staring at the sky. <laughs> right. No one's paying right. attention to anything. And he's like, well. You know, if it's North Korea and they reach here, at least we're in the middle of it and we're not on the edges. <laughs> we'll just go mm-hmm. quick. We'll just be vaporized. And I was like, okay. Just about great. as far as they can probably get, yeah. even with a little boost. Yep. You guys were there. Yep. yep. And then we learned that Carrie made a hot dog bar for dinner last night in honor of Andrew and Genevieve being with them with all kinds of different condiments. Sounds like Andrew's I can't believe I don't Kevin. have pictures of that hot dog bar. I mean... <laughs> That's a show picture, and that, and they wouldn't even get in trouble for it. Nope. And if Andrew and Veeves ever were to get married, I would fully expect there to be a hot dog bar at their wedding. <laughs> you don't think that's a little on the nose? <laughs> oh. And and uh, no, I picture an elaborate Chick Fil A wedding, and then an elaborate contribution to Chick Fil A. Yes, mm. to Planned Parenthood. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> And that's basically the end of the show. The eclipse comes and goes, and they play the music. And for anybody that sometimes turns the music off before the show is over, at the very end, there was a funny Easter egg of the two of them uh, immediately after the planter explosion, kind of examining it and pondering how bad the damage really was. I got to go back and listen to some of these Easter eggs, especially that one. I think that would be funny. Yeah. But the, sometimes the music is so atrocious, I'm like leaping for whatever device. Yeah, me too. I, just to get, it, it, get off. it off, get it off. I always, I always fast forward to the end, at least if I don't like the oh, song, do. just That's to make sure they don't actually do Easter eggs very often. It's I usually just do, but it's out. usually just power out. Yeah. Yep. yep. Yeah. To me, it's like it's like uh, I'm, I don't know. It's like being covered in spiders sometimes with that <laughs> outro music. It's like ah, ah, ah. <laughs> All right, Tuesday, twenty four fifty one constellation consternation. Um, the, the planner thump and the shit were, I believe the guys that it was more disturbing on tape than it was in real life. Because as I mentioned, I had that real life experience with a planner thump and shit. And if I had to listen back to that, my skin would crawl way worse. Cause at the time it was like adrenaline. I need, need to get this car out of here because there was no damage to the car. Just the planner, <laughs> the planner boxes, uh, they're, they're fragile. It's the, it's, the, I blame the planner boxes. 
for the damage in these situations. Clearly. Andrew loves loves to weed and he he orders Bud Light from his neighbors and they stare at him <laughs> blankly. I liked it. About they it. beer shamed him <laughs> over his Bud Light. I well, I think they were trying to to beer enable him, you know, cuz like cuz they're like, "Come on, dude. You know, you did a lot more work than some Bud Light. Let's let's get you some good beer." But I I hope it's true that he called out to an off-screen Veeves about what kind of beer mm-hmm. do she, we like. Yeah. <laughs> she answers, Bud Light. <laughs> and then we find out, um, I don't know, for the first time, at least for me, that that uh, he's, he's going whiskey Bud Light on a lot of these <sighs> ones. But, you know, don't be ashamed of your beer. I've, I've dry, I drank a lot of shitty beer in my day and... If you weed my garden or my backyard or whatever, I mean, I would even buy you Coors Light. That's whoa, <laughs> yeah. What we need to talk about, Broham, is these tonight pants. <laughs> you know, I'm not going to shame you over your beer choice, but these uh, khaki cutoffs with the belt. No. no. Emily brought up a question um, last night. We were talking about. I don't know why we were talking about Andrew and his tonight pants. Maybe it was just because I was putting on my tonight pants. You talk about it every night, don't you? Does he sleep in them? (laughs) Because sometimes I sleep in my tonight pants. I mean, sometimes I'll go down. I mean, most of the time I'll go down to the boxers. But, you know, if it's not hot, I sleep in the tonight pants. But I can't imagine doing that with a belt and some (laughs) cutoff khakis. No, no. I mean, they're not his pajamas. That's Those very hit the floor. important d- distinction. <laughs> There's okay. tonight pants. Okay, well, I mean, at least if you're wearing like basketball shorts, at least you have the versatility of, of wearing them to bed if it's chilly. But anyway, I get off on tonight pants tangents way too often. <laughs> so um, we're told his beard is big. Uh, his beard didn't look big in Austin to me. I've met Andrew several times now and his beard always looks the same to me. It's like... His beard is like the the tricky pictures that he doesn't understand. Right. To, you know, the... Seeing eye or magic eye. Yeah, the seeing I look at his beard and I see a beard, same beard every time. And maybe, are you all seeing different beards? Well, he said it's gotten noticeably bigger since Austin. So, I mean, he talked about his road beard on the road trip. And when I looked closely, I was like, okay, maybe it is a little bit bigger than I remember. But I never would have noticed unless he had, uh, if he hadn't repeatedly mentioned it. So I don't know. Maybe it is large and in charge now. Has he put any <laughs> pictures up of him? Because I, I don't think I've seen him lately. Mm-mm. Just the videos. Just in the video. The, yeah. Yeah. But I don't know that I'll ever notice a difference unless he shaves it completely, which he did. And. And that was a lot of face. Mm-hmm. We'll say that. Um, Luke describes the beard as north of Jon Snow and south <laughs> of Father John Misty. And That's I don't know who Father good. John Misty is. I meant to look that up. <clears throat> but uh, I'd say it doesn't take a lot of beard to get north of Jon Snow. I think Luke might be able to get <laughs> north of Jon Snow. Because he, he is the definition of a smattering yep. of beard. Mm-hmm. You know, He doesn't need to worry about that thing the whole season. You know, for continuity or... Probably, you know, some of these guys who grow the, grow the thunderous beards, the continuity is like, oh, well, we need to, you know, when we shot that thing three weeks ago, your beard wasn't quite right. this way. And, you know, but he's probably the low maintenance guy on that end, the 
they just look at him and go, no, you're good. Keep that, keep that scruff. Just stay away from the razor. You're good. Top story. <laughs> this is very funny and worth mentioning again. Uh, and hopefully very true. Right after the solar eclipse happened, the biggest search term in the New York state or New York City area was, why do my eyes hurt? <laughs> How can that be true? That can't be How true. How many assholes do you need warning you about something? I refuse to believe that we have gotten this dumb as a country. <laughs> right. Yeah. How many warnings did each of us receive, like, firsthand, secondhand, thirdhand, o- over a period of weeks, not to look up? Yeah. Conservatively? Not that I need million. a warning, because I don't do that. That's not, not part of my routine, looking up at the sun. I feel like that's been kind of a, the party line since maybe we were born. Don't look at the sun. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> and now we have a special occasion in which it's emphasized, and now, yeah. now we have all these people whose eyes hurt. Well... At least they can see enough to Google. That's that's fine. The Fox News anchor, uh, I kind of like how he handled it. He got so sarcastic about it that it came out the other side as enthusiastic. Right. <laughs> right. So I think it kept him out of trouble because, you know, you're talking to, during during that eclipse, you're talking to enthusiasts and you're talking to kids and they they can easily mistake your over-the-top sarcasm for for their feelings. You know, everyone wants to confirm their feelings in others. So I think he found the right balance to get him through sanity wise. Um, I will say this. I listened to a lot of eclipse coverage on the radio on NPR, and it was by far some of the most painful radio I've ever heard because these anchors are, you know, they're, they're interviewing scientists, which was the good, good parts. The scientists had some stuff to say, but then they were just like, okay, well, there's this guy and he's in Boise at the football stadium and we're going to interview him. And what is he? No, he's just some guy who went to the football stadium. And then he's got a 10-year-old kid who they tried to interview. Oh, <laughs> brutal, brutal. So brutal. I listened to some sports radio that day, which <laughs> tells you a lot. Local sports radio in Austin. So um, be glad, anybody who was outside, be glad that they missed the um, NPR coverage of the eclipse. So bad. Again, a visual thing, and the anchors more or less didn't care, but it was required. You know, what, what's our what's what's on the board today? What's filling the news hole mm-hmm. today? Well, the moon's shadow, and that's it. And you're going to be talking to fucking 12-year-olds and 10-year-olds, and none of them have a thing to say, because you ask them, like, because they were asking them questions like, how do you feel about this? Right. Describe what, describe what you're seeing. You know, he's 11. <laughs> Ask the adult to describe what they're seeing, and they're going to do a fairly poor job. Right. The kid's going to go, it's cool. Yeah, yeah. look at that. Looks yeah, like a crescent. Right. And NPR's yeah. strength is not their live coverage of news events, oh, really. Yeah. NPR vamping is the worst. I would say, you know, you could capture that and use it for a sleep aid, but it's too painful. <laughs> I can't sleep while I'm cringing. Right. Luke recounts the Northwest Keiko news. Um to get his, his Shep Smith on, which was amazing. Northwest Keiko news. Uh, he regrets not getting into the totality, but Andrew was happy with the boat float. He thought that that was enough. But I don't know. I mean, maybe it would be enough if there were something coming next year, mm-hmm. you know, but I think they probably, I I, I, don't, I think Luke rightfully regrets not, not going because he could have turned it into some kind of a work 
thing, yes, you know, absolutely. other than TVTL. Well, he had the opportunity to see it from a plane. Yeah, that's true. That's I'm true not too, super into this stuff, but I would have done that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I worry about I worry about that plane. Though. I mean, there were a lot of flights um, centered around the eclipse, but there's one in particular, I guess, an Alaska flight that is full on in it the whole time or whatever. And I would just, I totally worry about being that guy who's like, because all the people are really into it and I'm into it and I just watched 10 minutes of it. But now, you know, I want to watch Wally on my digital player. <laughs> you and, haven't had a good cry some, lately. <laughs> some scientist turns around and goes, oh, you're wasting this opportunity. I'm like, I saw it. And these guys are all taking a million pictures. What? I got it. And and are we all leaning to one side of the plane? Is it <laughs> listing? You know, is what, how, how's this happening? I don't know. And and to me, it's like a too long fireworks show. You know, after like ten minutes, and you're all oohed and awed out, you're and then they like, bring okay. out the, the big finish, and you're and you're looking at your watch and thinking about oh, fucking traffic. And you're <laughs> we better go sneaking, now. Yeah. Sneaking toward the exit while everyone else, ah, oh, I'd be getting out my bag. You know eating some snacks. But, uh, <laughs> anyway, um, the, I think the funniest part of the week, the funniest thing that was brought up is how much constellations are complete bullshit and how <laughs> we we almost all got fooled by it at some point. You, you saw all these awesome constellations and then you actually looked up at a planetarium or the stars and you go, none of that shit is here. Nope. I don't know what you're talking about. Right. I can identify the Big Dipper. That's literally the only thing right. I've ever been able to recognize consistently. Uh, I, I've got about half a dozen that I can reliably point out. I would like to say that Orion's belt is not a, co- a constellation. It is part of the constellation Orion. There's another four mm-hmm. stars there, Luke, that make up Orion. Mm-hmm. And then there's Orion suspenders. If you can see those, <laughs> right. They're, they're right behind and above Orion's belt. Um, I don't know why I get stuck with Song of the Summer every time I do a, a recap. I don't know. You pick these days. It, uh, but I'm not, I guess I'm just not aware enough of what's going on in the, in the constellation of the show, as it were, to, mm-hmm. to, but it's over with, but I'll just say big boys all night lost to the Mr. Postman song. <laughs> yep. Did they give songwriting credits to to whoever? I whoever did not owns, hear. I don't owns think those it is. rights. So, because that's egregious it if is. they have it. Because three notes into that, and I'm like, I'm back in like 1970s. Wink, Wink, Martindale named that too, and I'm like, Mr. Postman. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> how is that not? Uh, how is that not stealing? Um, Luke gets Despacito rolled. Nice. Yeah, job that was Andrew. funny. Uh, if only it were as obnoxious as Game of Cats, you know, because right. Game of Cats gets on top of you really fast. <laughs> Despacito, you're like, what is it? Oh, it's that shitty Despacito. Right. <laughs> the song Feels, which it seems like every hit maker in the world is in on, loses to Sinking by Super Defense. So um, are we getting Super Defense coming to this picnic? Where Where is this person? I don't think so. It's a, it's, a, isn't it teenagers from like New Jersey or something? Oh, it's more than one person. Or a teenager, I don't know. This is how much mm. attention I pay to Song of the Summer. Well, that, it's, I don't know. This person, it's been, be I, I, I was just thinking, it's been blissfully brief on the Song of the Summer talk this summer. They mm-hmm. haven't spent entire episodes pontificating about what it means. The mm-hmm. rollout was the absolute 
worst, but the rest of it, yeah, you're right. Yeah. It's been pretty, pretty succinct. Luke apologizes for keeping the show short because of the audio difficulties. And um, outside of the constellations being complete bullshit, I didn't laugh louder than when he apologized <laughs> for keeping TV tales short. I think everybody was like, it's okay. No, you don't get it. <laughs> you don't get it. There are a lot of people who like the longer, the better people with long commutes and things who want their TVTL to be as long as That's possible. True. Yes. That's true. I'm sitting there taking notes and, and I think, I think yesterday I was listening to Thursday's show and I was, I was taking some notes and I fell asleep with my hand on the keyboard. I think I sent you guys a screenshot. Yep. yep. Uh, but luckily, the storming so hard, it's a huge clap of thunder woke me up. And it was only like a minute and a half. Or I could have been out for hours. <laughs> You'd only typed six rows of Ds. <laughs> <laughs> I, that, that's true. It was all, I think I hit return for some reason. And then I was, it was a, all, all Ds. I think, uh, what, yeah, yep. Yeah. My my ring finger was on the uh, was on yep. the deep, <laughs> just going and going. But that's all I have for Tuesday. Thank God. All right, Wednesday, twenty four fifty two. Keeping up with the Targaryens. I don't watch Game of Thrones. Very good. That. You got it. Okay. You got it. They live um, in Cleellum. Sure, <laughs> they may as well. Uh, Luke weighed himself, or I should say, he started to weigh himself today. <laughs> But he did not like the direction it was headed, so he jumped off before his smart scale could register a final readout and tattle on him to his watch and to his phone. Mm -hmm. Uh, And it sounds like he's above 200 now, um, and he's pretty upset about that. And it was. You guys ever do that? You ever jump? You ever ever just start to get some bad news like that on the scale and and get off? Um, I just won't get on if I think it's going to be bad news. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah. That's pretty much how I go. Yeah. I've I've experienced like at the doctor's office where you feel like you get cheated or whatever it's like it's it's hovering it's hovering you know and like hey 210 210 210 and then it stops at like 214 like, wait a minute well you're wearing clothes and shoes that's my explanation at the oh, doctor's man. office yeah, I, yeah. oh hell i, I, I take my to, shoes off if i wasn't so embarrassed i take, I take my clothes off, off. <laughs> i take everything off i spit out my gum cut your I hair spit into a cup like yeah. a wrestler getting ready for a match <laughs> But I, I don't have to worry about it anymore. I'm artificially controlling my weight. Yeah. Through. You don't have to be in the parking lot wearing a garbage bag with a jump rope. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. But there were many years many years when I was uh, definitely overweight and didn't like to do that deal. And I, I think I experience it now through Abby at the doctor's office because she clearly weighs too much and we do all kinds of stuff to try to keep her weight down and we just can't do it. And I just feel embarrassed for her. And she's not, I mean. She doesn't, <laughs> she doesn't care. A, she doesn't give a fuck. But I'm like, I, I don't know how, where she's getting all these steaks or whatever she's eating. I don't know. There's a lot of protein in insects and snakes. That's true. Mm-hmm. She's she's really made the most of, of Kyle. Well, maybe like Abby Luke is maybe five to 10 pounds above where he wants to be. Um, mm-hmm. But he's wondering if, and Carrie suggested, maybe if you just eat normal food, <sighs> you could just control it a little yep. bit better and you'd be fine. Right. Uh, and he thinks this is... Uh, rational, but he then goes on to talk about how he thinks he might have time to do a juice fast before the picnic so that we all don't think he's fat. So he can be dizzy and feeling bad and then have one drink and mm-hmm. pass and out. Get sloppy. Yeah. Yeah. Great. That's a great idea. Um, we move on to what he calls a 2017 thing, uh, which of course has to do with Twitter. 
And uh, one of his friends made a joke on Twitter about being able to fold a fitted sheet and forgetting and um, uh, something about laundry-based dementia. And this got Luke off on a tear because he thought that this person was hinting that they actually had dementia. So he texted this person and somebody else. See, this is where I think it went off the rails. Mm -hmm. You text the person, but then he looped in a mutual friend. Just Mm -hmm. wait till you hear back. Yeah. Wait till you hear back. Yeah. You know, from the first guy. <laughs> right. And this other person was up worried. And I'm not going to yes. say, we've, it was quite easy to figure out who it is. I don't know if we should put him on blast or not, but yeah. um, it's pretty simple to, to find out. And then this person had to write back to Luke and say he, that he was actually just joking. And he had to clear, mm-hmm. he actually clarified it on Twitter too, because he didn't know if other people were concerned about it. Well, it sounded like the other friend was more concerned than Luke, which is, that's a foul as well. <laughs> like, yeah, why did you put that on him? If this guy or lady is closer to the, to the person who leaves the lights on for us, <laughs> then you know, why are you fucking with them if we, when you have no information? Yeah. This made little sense to Andrew because Luke wouldn't say the person's name or the ailment. So Andrew's right. just like, okay, which I think is how we were all feeling until we, yeah. Bobby went and sleuthed it out and figured out who it was. <laughs> right. And then it was perfectly clear. But if I didn't know the person, I'd be like, yeah, I don't know what you're talking. Why are you telling us this? Mm hmm. And then, of course, they go through their Twitter feeds. Andrew uh, kind of reviews some of his tweets, and Luke diagnoses him as a pedant, which we all knew. Because <laughs> all his tweets are just being angry about rules, people not following rules. Hey, sure. I'm a pedant, too. It's just that I don't have Twitter. Well, I am, too. But, I, yeah, I freely admit it. I'm fine with that. Mm-hmm. Um, top story for today is that TBTL and APM are working on a Halloween show, and they want us to call in with Halloween stories. Um, and I hugged my phone because this signals to me that maybe we won't need to listen to that story about the meth head in the road again. My, my fear is that f- for the new bosses at APM that they're going to do a reset with that story. You know what I'm saying? Like it, this will be the last time we'll hear it, but this, but they will reset it. Like maybe they could interview Dave Bowes, you mean, and get him to retell it? No, I just feel like they're going to, they're going to. Because because it's going to be hopefully going out to the world and not just TBTL, they're going to want to put that story forward again oh, and then but follow they can't. It up with a list of our stories. Because Jen's in it and Sean's there, right? Mm-hmm. Unless they I'm just, really do a lot of I'm editing. just voicing my worst fears here in order to, I mean, and I appreciate you, you trying to calm me down, but I don't, <clears throat> but I do happily look forward to it. It's the only piece of TBTL audio that I'll skip every time. And which is saying something because um, I have a lot of audio clips on TBTL and I don't like listening to myself on TBTL, but I will still occasionally listen to those when they replay them. I'm done with this one. I am done. Oh, I've heard it maybe four or five times now and Mm -hmm. I've skipped it ever since then. It's too much. Yeah. Um. All right. Top story number two is that some guy who worked for an old judge was essentially replaced, but he was still drawing a paycheck and somebody else was actually doing his job. Uh, And some reporter from the New York Post got wind of this and called the guy. He denied it. But then, of course, he butt dials the reporter and admitted the whole entire thing on his voicemail in a very neat package (laughs) explaining the whole situation and admitting that he was caught. (laughs) It's pretty like the end of a procedural. Yeah. You know, like... (laughs) Can we wrap this up in 31 seconds? Yeah, let's yes. do it. But um, I have a practical question for you all. How do you butt dial anyone anymore? Because I, I will say that I am a I'm a veteran 
uh, of the butt dialing a, f- a Facebook messenger conversation. I was with just a, about yes, to say that's how you do it, Mike. Video chat. <laughs> but, but to make a phone call on my phone requires well, a lot more, like not just having a chat window open. I have to hit a couple buttons and then I have to pick out a number, you know? I'm guessing that Luke doesn't have his phone lock itself quickly enough. Okay. And so if he's carrying it around or something, and if you, because if you have a favorites list, it's pretty easy to accidentally pull that up. I don't have one. So I'll just not have one. Yeah. Just keep not having one. And, and I've gotten to the, I'm so paranoid about this that if I am saying anything even remotely shitty about somebody else, I pick up my phone and make sure that it's (laughs) not on. (laughs) Right. Right. Because that would just be awful. So I don't know what the consequences are for this guy. Does anyone know how this this story followed up? I don't know. Maybe he has to go to work. I, I don't know. I think he got fired. fired. Did yeah. he got fired yeah. and his wife got fired? His wife got fired. Why? I think she worked there too. Oh, I like that. That's very medieval. I, think, I hope they yeah, fired his whole extended family. <laughs> Maybe I'm wrong. <laughs> um, they go through some New York Post headlines, which are classically tragic all of them um and andrew finds the one about osama bin laden which is osama bin wankin um a totally unacceptable pun um Mm. and we did get a throw your phone from listener alicia and she says breaking news bin laden was not captured it was kind of a big deal not much of a photo shoot (laughs) opportunity (laughs) maybe a weekend at bernie's yeah I mean, he did, he, Luke did make some passing reference to him being captured. I thought before, I, I saw that throw your phone before I heard the episode, and I thought maybe he was confusing um, Osama bin Laden with um, Saddam oh, Hussein. Saddam Hussein, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But anyway, he was not, clearly not captured. It was just a picture from his, one of his weird bunkers, one of his weird porn bunkers. Where he I, was, was I was like hoping that there was some picture, like after they got him, of, you know, there's bamboo over a couple soldiers shoulders and you know bin laden's in the middle and he's his hands are hanging over with some some silver bullets you know some coors lights (laughs) before they threw him in the ocean that's what they did with him right yeah basically yeah uh they move on to talk about this free speech rally that's happening in dc the same day that there's a juggalo rally to protest the fact that the fbi calls them a gang um and luke says a bunch of dumb stuff about juggalos like he always does and always makes me angry um he says that some that nobody likes their music which i think is definitely not true um and he calls them unintentional what's crazy about that uh meredith is the reason they're famous is because people like their music yeah they they wouldn't yeah he would would not know who juggalos were were if a lot of people didn't like their music right you don't like their music he doesn't, and he doesn't understand yeah. how anyone else could. Um, I right, listened right. to a lot of ICP when I was a teenager, and a lot of it is bad, and I know that it's bad, but I I, I would have listened to the like shit out of that of when I was like 12 or 13. I would have yeah. listened to I was listening to fucking cheesy-ass Sammy Hagar and, you know, just breaking through to Terrible's Easy Top, because <laughs> they used to be good when they were little little gentlemen with beards. You know, let's not let's not make fun. I mean, anyway. All music well, he's is terrible. Got a lot of, That's terrible yeah. for its own reasons. That's right. They have some genuinely good songs that I still like, <laughs> I gotta mm-hmm. say. I mean, I know that they're not great and uh, their lyrics are uninspired and, and pretty much always stupid, but it's very nostalgic for me and I genuinely liked them a yeah. lot when I was a teenager. Um, Luke calls them unintentional Antifa and I think they're very much intentional, I, although, again, and you you have something to say about that, right? I I just wanted to say, am I the only person who just dislikes the actual word Antifa? 
I mean, I don't I have don't anything like against anti-fascist protesters, of course, but Antifa seems so, I don't know, clumsy and just kind of a, a bad word. Yeah, I don't like it either. Um, and especially because I think it was, it's not really like a, an organization. It's not like somebody named themselves that. Right. Yeah. Who started using this? I feel like it just cropped up this summer. Yeah, I think it did. Yeah, I don't like it either. But anyway, I do, you know, juggalos are historically, um, well, at least ICP lyrics are historically anti-bigot. Like that's been a huge platform position of theirs. <laughs> and, mm-hmm. and I had to defend them on the Stens page and I'll defend them again here. Uh, they have endless songs about um, shitting on the rebel flag and being against the Confederacy and being against um, excessive wealth and hatred of other races or other human beings in general. So, you know, they have a lot of violent lyrics and they're pretty dumb, but I think if you strip all that away, their message is actually a pretty wholesome one. Um, And I think it's great that people have that community, people who need it. Yeah. I mean, I, the Juggalos have some striking similarities to the Tens, right? Yeah, they do. I mean, we just don't talk about violence as much. And we don't paint our faces yet. Yet. <laughs> um, Luke draws some distinctions between um, Donald Trump supporters and the alt-right. I think that's pretty iffy. <laughs> I know some people who would argue they're one and the same. Um, but in any case, I do hope that there's not violence at this thing, although I would actually like to go to it. We're kind of, I'm looking at that weekend and wondering if I can get away and go hang out with the Juggalos, because I would just really love that. Uh, on to email. We get an email from listener Greg, who had just a minute Ron moment while on his bike, and Anne, I'll try to keep this vague. Uh, <laughs> you've already heard it. He had to leave his undies on the floor of the bathroom of a park, and he missed his Thrive mm. review. Uh, it's really, really tragic. And he, but he did turn this voicemail into a great pitch for the show because who else could he tell this story to? <laughs> yeah. Um, and we did get a uh, throw your phone or a hug your phone, I'm sorry, from listener M. Um, it says, I just hugged my phone from Greg's uh, George Brett moment because we are all we are poop siblings. I had a similar experience. Didn't make it. Sigh. Just a day before him. My new rule, don't go for a walk in the morning before your post coffee poop power out. <laughs> mm. sage advice is this happening a lot to people like it seems like this is a really common experience well the way that luke and andrew were talking about it it sounds like it happens to them all the time yeah <laughs> i would say i would say it's not that common but i mean i'm basing it on my own experience and and even i'm but i'm a i'm, a, I'm not a reliable source because i'm more or less a shut-in now and when i do do go out to discount tire it does right I do shit my pants so. <laughs> right. it happens <laughs> Well, everybody has uh, times when they feel the need to use the restroom. But the way that Luke's talking about it with kind of like the sweat beating on his upper lip and kind of (laughs) clenching things together and thinking, oh, God, oh, God, oh, God, it's happening. That seems like a a step beyond, doesn't it? I think, I guess. And it seems like it's just happening way too often. I mean, it happened to him on stage at wait, wait. It sounds like it happens to him in the car with Carrie all the time. Mm-hmm. Poor Carrie. Um, and I would just maybe he needs to cut dairy out or something. Like watch what you're eating. <laughs> yeah, thing. inconsistent diet is what I would put it down to. Ah, uh, that's a that's a good thought. Mm-hmm. Juice one day, opinion. hot dog bar the next. Yeah, because then you don't know when you're going to poop or where right. you're going to poop, and, and and it's just um, and you leave the house or whatever. It's like when uh, when I got out of the um, hospital after my 
uh, BKA and I was like kicking down off all these painkillers that they were giving me, you know, you know, something's going to happen. You don't want to be too far away. You know, oh, especially post hospital. No, no. Yeah, when it, you don't want to, we don't want to be taking. Oh well, let's take a little day trip to Wimberley, and there's like, oh, <laughs> I got to parallel park that battleship right now, and <laughs> I don't have anywhere to do it. And you got all these conveyances. You know, you're trying to get around on a scooter. Oh or yeah. A, or a you just better s- just stay at home, Mike. Yeah, just just stay at home. Cut a hole in your mattress. Yeah. Anyway, Thursday. 2453 alley oops. Uh, listener Annabelle uh, does the uh, cold open and brings brings it to a close a close by saying she's bringing she's bringing a dog to the picnic. Um, the fluffy ass dog. The fluffy cute. ass dog. Yes. Uh, yeah, I was I was wondering why I abbreviated that. Fluffy ass dog ranger to the picnic. Um, have we met that dog? Uh, did we meet that dog at our picnic? No, did we I don't think Annabelle so. Or a fluffy ass dog because there were some dogs that, that you guys were. Maggie brought were her tiny, 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 adorable little dachshund puppy. Oh yeah, and that's then, the one I'm thinking of. Yeah, Jeff brought two dogs who were very cute, but they weren't like super fluffy. Okay. No, this drop so this is, dog is several years the... old, right? Wasn't it the picnic from like two or three years ago that she left this message? Oh, I don't know. Oh, this is old. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. Because I was going to say, you you might want to map out a couple places to uh, walk that dog on the way to fucking Buckley. <laughs> you know, because that dog's going to No, no. This car. is from several picnics ago. Okay. Okay. Because, you know, when you're, you have to plan out your bathroom trips. We were just talking about that. Yeah. You know, and, and when you're taking a dog on a four and a half hour drive to, to the shadow of Mount Rainier to a picnic where the guys have never even set foot, then, um, yeah, you're going to want to have a couple stops for Ranger. Uh, they have new equipment um, for their recording. Andrew says it's not fixed, but it flashes every time he talks. So that's cool. Sometimes <laughs> I pull up my audacity to see how, how awesome my voice looks, mm-hmm. you know, when I'm talking. So um, Carrie is indulging Luke with a skateboard. The skateboard has finally been purchased. And I guess... Uh, I don't know. There's a lot of skateboard talk. Uh, skateboards missed me. I mean, I just, they were around when I was a kid and when I was a teenager, young adult, but these, those weren't my people. I didn't really know anybody that was into it. So the skateboard talk, uh, Meredith, you, you have a skateboard, right? I did not have a skateboard. I really liked skateboard boys though for a while when I was a oh, teenager. Okay. <laughs> so I did hang out with some skate skater guys. Um, we were much more into, um, Street hockey. So we did we did a lot of rollerblading oh, and stuff. Man, like that, so. now I'm jealous. God dang it. I That's how we got around street hockey. <laughs> so he finds out, and I don't think anybody who who's seen skateboards before finds out that all the skateboards that he aspired to own in the eighties and nineties were complete bunk and bullshit. So he needs some sort of he needs some sort of like I was just mentioning a conveyance, something akin to a knee scooter, so that he can <laughs> safely just <laughs> maneuver around the Higgins parking lot without uh, getting without, hit by a car. <laughs> right. I mean, this thing, the, the, the board that he was describing and the guy sold to him, it more or less sounded like, I mean, it, you could just put a chair on it now and it'd just be a, like a, a rascal. Yeah. He guaranteed it's, that Luke wouldn't fall. <laughs> he's headed in that direction. I mean, it sounds like it's one step up from the 
the one that Marty McFly made in Back to the Future, you know? Right, as far as how it operates itself, you don't really, you're not as responsible for your own balance as much. He Googles how to stop a skateboard, which you should never do <laughs> after you buy a skateboard. Right. I Can I ask, I don't understand because we've talked about how Luke is a cool guy, to use Phyllis's word. He, he's a cool guy. And uh, he spends so much of his time and energy um, thinking about how to project the image that he wants of being kind of a cool laid back guy. How does this square with riding a skateboard mm-hmm. in the parking lot of the Haggins? Oh my God. It, that no. seems I mean, so embarrassing to me. How, how is he, how can these two things go together? Yeah. I mean, usually when, when we go out to the parking lot after a, a, a store visit in Texas where it's over a hundred degrees, the car is so hot. We like have to leave the windows open for about five minutes to cool the car, help cool the car down. This would be an exception if I saw a guy his age in the parking lot. We would get those windows up so fast so we could start making fun of him. <laughs> I mean, we would just be sitting there sweating. Yeah. Um, it's making I mean, fun of him. If if Luke wants a skateboard and he's not going to crash into my car while on it, I mean, more power to him. If he's recapturing his youth, whatever. It just seems so at odds from the image that he tries to project 99.9% of the rest of the time. Yeah, I will say this about uh skateboards middle-aged middle-aged guys no but if i saw a middle-aged woman on a skateboard at least i'd be like hey look at that (laughs) hey guys how much you want to bet luke's not going to ever wear a helmet with his skateboard yeah that's another thing i was going to say was how much how come he hasn't gotten a bunch of shit or questions about it hasn't come up but i bet you it will he'll probably break it he's a lot less safe on that thing than he is on his bike probably yeah Especially because he doesn't know how to stop the skateboard. He knows how to operate a bicycle and doesn't know how to operate a skateboard. So therefore, less safe, seemingly. Well, if he only rides it up and down the hall of the house, then he's probably okay. (laughs) Shit. Shit. Just don't trip over uh, the dog. Yeah. Yeah. Olive coming out at the last second. Right. It's going to be a problem. Top story. um, Seat reclining. Sky jinx. Luke finally gets crunched. Oh, I will say this. When I was listening in this episode, I had to open up, I had to pull out my earbuds and let Emily listen to the story of how Luke put his head down on a pillow on his tray table and got crunched by the guy. Because I think that all of us, I think I can safely include you two, Emily, almost anyone within the sound of my voice. We've all gotten to the point where we're rooting against Luke while he's traveling, right? Oh, this was delightful <laughs> to listen to. And well, what delighted me even more than that is the fact that he had to sit in the middle seat in shitty coach like a normal mm-hmm. person. Mm-hmm. That was just that then, warmed my heart. Then he got his head crunched. And that was amazing. <laughs> and those trays are disgusting. It sounds like he put his head on the pillow, but still, yeah. I don't even know if I'd put my pillow on those trays. <laughs> Yeah, that that's uh, they don't clean that's those. Great. And he's he vowed as God is his witness, he will never recline um, <laughs> that again. And I know Adam Kroll has talked about it. I know we talked about it on on Takedown podcast. And that is um, because I you know when no one else is on the flight or there's nobody behind me, I've reclined that seat and I've you know it's like okay, where's the benefit here? There is some tiny bit of benefit. Tiny bit, especially if you've got the window seat and you want to like scooch up in there and try to nod off to sleep or something. But it has, it does not stack up 
anywhere near to the pile of pain that you that you are inflicting on somebody behind right. you if there is mm-hmm. somebody behind you of any height above 510. I didn't think about the seat behind you being empty. In that case, I think it's totally fine. You're not hurting anybody. Yeah. But I don't know if I've been on a flight ever in my life where there wasn't a packed, you know, where it wasn't totally, totally yeah. packed. I don't know if that's ever been where there was nobody behind me. Yeah, I used to I used to fly home on Thanksgiving evening from LA. So the I not quite Chris Leary status, mm-hmm. but there'd be like five or six people on the uh, plane and everyone's just chilling and got a chance to experience that amazing recline of two and a half inches that <laughs> that will Is it really worth it? You will absolutely destroy anyone's chance of doing work in front of you. We've all seen images of Jeremy uh crunched in yep. his seat trying to edit a show because someone had to had to claim that space in the name of spain i mean re fucking ridiculous so yeah they need to lock that shit up and hopefully they will andrew stopped confronting people about it because he had a bad experience his last experience the guy just ignored him but i i took that for not understanding because who would yeah. who would just ignore uh, you know i don't i don't know some people probably <laughs> yeah well I would, I would spend the, if, if I thought I was being ignored, I would spend the whole time like making sarcastic comments. Like, <laughs> do you think this guy wants the, some conditioner treatment here, you know, and just throwing things into his hair. So, um, the boringness of air safety videos is discussed, which, uh, I don't even want to discuss a discussion about boringness. And then there's a story of the, uh, the scissors. Uh, Andrew had said earlier in the week that he always wants scissors around. Um, I have had, uh, I've had people, well, first of all, let's say Emily is the same way. There are scissors everywhere. And God forbid you open a package of ground beef with the fabric scissors. Oh, no. <gasps> Whoa. What? You did not just say that. Please tell me that's just a, a random example and not something you actually did. Mm. Mike. Hey, they're sitting there. I need to open a package of ground beef. Oh, there's something wrong with my heart. My mother is a quilter and I was raised. Those are more precious to her than probably us. Like, you know, she doesn't really care if we fall down the stairs and get bruised Mm -hmm. up, but you touch those scissors for anything other than fabric and she will, she'll know it from a mile away and come bolting through the door and knock them out of your hand before you can, you know, open an Amazon box. Don't bring them in the kitchen. That's all I got to say. Um, but I also have people, heard people call them um, a scissor or what was the discussion? I can't remember that. Yeah. So is, is it a plural or is it a singular? Do you yeah. call them scissors or scissor? Plenty of people know. do both. So it wasn't like as weird as I think they thought it was. No, Luke was saying that maybe saying a scissors is a Midwestern thing. It's oh, not. right. A no, I don't think no, so. No, it's not. My mom no. used to do that too, I think. Um, some guy who works at Target calls in with a story about uh, not ringing something up or customers trying to get away with having a Sonicare not rung up. I, I think I'd let the Sonicare go. If someone's really, you know, they want to really take care of business like that, <laughs> you know, if they were just buying another huge pack of of sugar, sugary gum or or Sour Patch Kids or something, I'd be like, Busted. But didn't Which this person the, buy the Sonicare along with a huge bag of candy? They were yeah, trying. Undercuts trying. that argument a little bit. No, no. I think it strengthens the argument. It's like, I have this weakness for the candy. <laughs> I can't do anything about it. But, but I want to take care of my teeth. Please help me with my oral hygiene. 
Because, yeah, you can eat all the candy you want if you take care of business. You know? Oh, is that how it works? Well, I, I don't know how much Target cares about shoplifting. I mean, they, they actually build that into their business model that they know mm-hmm. that there will be some certain amount of, of shoplifting and, and skullduggery and switching of price tags. But when, at my store, that sort of stuff mattered to us because we were a small business and all mm-hmm. those dollars and cents count. And I've actually had the same thing happen where, I mean, not with a Sonicare, obviously, somebody didn't switch a, the price tag for a cheaper thing onto a Sonicare. But we used to sell jewelry boxes, just beautiful American-made, handcrafted, hardwood jewelry boxes that were in the hundreds of dollars. And I once had a guy who tr- took the price tag off of a smaller box that was 125 and put it on a box that was 455 <gasps> and tried to get away with that. As if you weren't going to notice, like exactly. you didn't know what things cost there. Yep. And when it, it rang up wrong, and I looked at it and I said, well, that's not correct. And he goes, oh, uh, maybe somebody switched the price tag. <laughs> yeah, and I thought, maybe I did. Happen. <laughs> yeah, that that's the first thing that an innocent customer's mind would think to that sleep to that somebody else switched the price yeah. tags. And I went over to the shelf and I found it like on the floor, just kind of rolled up into a little ball. And I was like, mm. here it is. Would you still like to buy it? Nope. <laughs> oh, did he try? Did he try to brush his teeth with the jewelry box? That would have been super sad. Yeah, if he really needed that thing. <laughs> he he just had to have that jewelry box for survival's sake. Well, I think um, I think I'm out of ammo for Thursday. All right, uh, Friday twenty four fifty four medium minus. Uh, we learned that Carrie's out of town, and so Rudy is following Luke around. Um, Cute. She's his little shadow, and that Olive is hungover because she was out all night partying, <laughs> eating hummingbird. What was it? Dragonflies? Oh, yeah. It sounds like their tech troubles are fixed. Um, and we get a really excellent Shep Smith handles Mazaya mashup uh, <laughs> where he's good. saying jal- or jalapeno instead of hallelujah. I, jalapeno. I laughed at that. That was pretty good. Um, and then Andrew trolls Luke by playing fake crackly noises underneath their voices. <laughs> that was good, too. It would have been better if Luke Luke were perpetrating that, because Andrew's the one who had to fix all It would have given Andrew a heart attack, I bet. Yeah, probably. Yeah, I, I was, I mean, I don't care about tech talk at all, no. but I was very happy for Andrew's sake that this got fixed. Yeah, it sounds like it's causing him so much work, extra work yep. to do. Sounds terrible. Friday was still skipping for me, though, when I was listening to it. See, I haven't had any skipping problems. I've had crackles. Oh, okay. No, I've had terrible skipping problems huh. with the TBTL over the last couple of weeks. Mm-hmm. Oh, boy. Tech talk. Um, <laughs> Here we go. We learned now that Luke... Uh, let's move on. Luke videotaped himself rec- uh, skateboarding through the house for the Hey Dummies video in the newsletter. I haven't actually watched it yet, so I'll have to make some time for that later see if he... Uh, trips over the cat and dies. Um, and then he says that we're also going to see Andrew doing an unboxing of all the NPR swag that Luke stole for him at PRPD. So that looking forward to that. Yeah. Um, the top story today, which they spent most of the show on, was about Taylor Swift's new single, Look What You Made Me Do. And they play part of the song. I don't know. It was fine. Yeah, it was a Taylor Swift song. Sure was. I mean, the guys are right. The sections of her songs where she kind of sings, speak, it's not rap. It's definitely a sing, speak thing. Those Mm -hmm. are pretty awkward. I mean, I think you have to be a really good actor to be able to pull something like that off. And she's just not an actor. Yeah, because it's essentially a stop down. 
Yeah. You know, and it, it's not part of the song. It's just a stop down. So if, if you if you're not like really good at that kind of thing, the skits or whatever, the you know, all the interstitials, if you're not good at that shit, oh, man, it's painful. Yeah. Her whole this sick beat thing that gave me the cringes the first time I heard it. And it still does. Right. Especially because I was like, which which beat are you talking? Where is it? Yeah, I don't. <laughs> yeah, she's just I'm not, not very it. convincing saying the word sick beat. She's like a hundred pound little white girl. I just don't buy mm-hmm. it from her. I'm sorry. Um, and I guess in this song, it's the Taylor. Old Taylor is dead uh, vocals. It's pretty bad. Um, Luke says he kind of likes the song. Um, Andrew has a, a, a sounds like a song text buddy who really hates it and also. Uh, hates the the sick beat thing that she said and we learned that right said fred gets uh songwriting credits on this song um that seems like uh, less of a correlation than the mr postman thing. oh totally like i can sort of see it but i don't know mr postman was the tune more or less the right said fred thing is totally the rhythm yeah it's the, mm-hmm. it's the same rhythm through most of that phrase and it's also he's got the sing speak yes, thing going on. Right. I think those two mm-hmm. things together probably were what did it. Mm-hmm. They talk about how the no scrubs, the the people who wrote no scrubs, were credited on the Ed Sheeran song "Shape of You," which I can hear that I guess. And then they talk about the Marvin Gaye uh, blurred lines lawsuit, and they discuss the merits of those kind of writing credits and lawsuits for a while. And then we talk about how Weird Al doesn't really ne- technically have to get people's permission, but he has said that he does. Um, just to be nice and, and courteous. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I couldn't believe that Luke brought this up as an example of why doesn't Weird Al get sued? Because he has. Yeah, right? I, I thought everybody knew this. I mean, remember when he did um, Amish Paradise and he thought he had Coolio's permission, but apparently Coolio didn't know that he'd given permission and he was all upset and Al felt bad? Yeah. I, this has been a major topic of conversation. Anybody who likes Weird Al should understand this better. But his work is covered under parody, right? So he yep. doesn't technically mm-hmm. have to. But it's nice of him that he does. Mm-hmm. Uh, probably keeps. That's probably one of the reasons for the longevity of his career. They play the Taylor Swift song over the Megan Trainer song. Um, I didn't really see that. No, I don't believe this either because uh, uh, the, that rhythm is completely different. It, again, it is the same sing speak kind of like sexy. Yeah, it's like breathy talk. Sort of thing. Yeah, Yeah, but that you can't copyright that. No. Luke makes a very bold prediction that girls are going to dance to this in the club. (laughs) He seems to think that's a bad thing. What? (laughs) He said it with some malice. No way girls are going to be dancing to Taylor Swift. (laughs) No. No way. Luke, come on. Um, He did want to make some sort of um, Arya Stark joke on Twitter, but he didn't. Uh, so he delivered his failed joke premise onto us. He, he, here's the thing about um, his Twitter and the uh, Game of Thrones and, and all that is I I watch Game of Thrones pretty closely. And if I don't understand your joke, uh, probably not going to be a great joke. Because <laughs> I think I'm pretty with it humor wise. I think I am. And I think I'm up on Game of Thrones. And your Arya Stark joke is not going to land on Twitter and it's definitely not going to land on this show where hardly anybody's watching Game of Thrones. It seems yeah. like to me. Yeah. Seems like to me. Um, the next topic for the day is bath mats. How do they work? Uh, <laughs> there is a life hacker, hacker article claiming there's three types of people uh, based on how you dry off in the shower and how you use a bath mat. This was, I can't 
I can't believe they held on to this all week and actually got yeah. to it. This is a real <laughs> snoozer. This is red meat for Andrew Walsh. Sure yeah, is. True. Yeah. Spends most of his time in the shower, so it's it's uh, it's important. <laughs> That's true. He takes two showers a day. He must have he does mm-hmm. have strong opinions out of it. We learned that Luke has like a wooden mat. And I used yeah. to have I had one of those for a little while. It was like bamboo or something, and they're like, it can hold up to the humidity in the bathroom. It got musty after a few weeks mm-hmm. and I had to throw it out. <laughs> so now I just have one that I can put in the wash. The end. I don't know. Do yeah. any of you have strong opinions about bath mats? <laughs> I wouldn't call it strong opinions, but I, I mean, they were discussing uh, whether um, the giant towel qualifies as a bath mat kind of thing. And all I thought was that something that has a rubber backing is a bath mat and anything that doesn't have a rubber backing is a bath rug. Mm-hmm. There you go. Yeah. Two and different a, things. And a giant towel that you put out on the floor to to absorb the moisture is a giant towel that you put out on the floor to <laughs> yeah. absorb the moisture. It doesn't need and a, a bathroom name. rug is a bathroom rug. It doesn't yeah. have rubber on the bottom of it. It is a rug. Good. We've got that covered. <laughs> we got it? Yes. Look, we did it in 45 seconds. Excellent. And they took 25 wow. minutes. <laughs> uh, peace. Yes. Emails for the day. Oh, wait, there's no emails. Uh, we talk about various Vinnies for a while for some reason. Um, Vinny Verducci from Married with Children and Vinny from Doogie Howser, probably because of the music, I guess. Uh, and we learned that Luke can't figure out conference calls, and that's emails for the day. <laughs> uh, music for your weekend. Luke gives us The War on Drugs. They have a new album out called A Deeper Understanding. The song is called Holding On. Andrew um, looks into a box of Vive's old CDs and brings us 7475 from the Canals. And listener Yarek uh, gives us a new Musica Conchalata song, um, which I'm not even going to pretend to be able to say in Polish, but it translates to as bad as it gets. And that's mm-hmm. your week. That seems like a challenge, you know, to try to get someone <laughs> to listen to your new song. You send your demo and that's your song. As, as bad, bad as, as it gets. <laughs> Let's see. <laughs> so I guess if you if you like that song, then you're all in on, on Musica Conchalata. Because yeah. if that's as bad yep. as it gets, boom, I liked it. Yep. So. Andrew did mention when he was looking into V's shoebox full of CDs that she uh, is self-conscious about her music taste or whatever because she thinks he's a music snob. He's mm-hmm. totally a music snob. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, Donovan aside. That's, yeah, that's his uh, red herring. Mm-hmm. That's what he uses to... Well, he, and he's always apologizing for liking four non-blondes. But I think the fact that Luke and Andrew are so concerned about what other people think of their music tastes just shows what music snobs they are. Absolutely. Yeah. All right. It's time for some housekeeping. Uh, we have some awesome merch on our store. Uh, if you go to our website, there's a shop button and uh you may have seen some of that if you went to the picnic we were all wearing our our uh, swag um and i christy was wearing i think she mentioned this she was wearing a zip-up sweatshirt which is not for sale yet but i think it will be soon so i'm going can, to buy can i give my testimonial about the um about the merch yeah mm-hmm. uh i i purchased a piece of merch and that is the pullover which uh, has rar written in all of the drops on the front and it's red and it's gorgeous and it's um it's really thick and and, and Emily likes to keep the air conditioning on in the house at about I don't know 45 <laughs> and the room that I sit in a lot of the time is the coldest room in the house so I spend a lot of time in this hoodie and I also um I have a, a nurse who comes to the house uh three times a week and 
my testimonial for this hoodie is I have to take that this hoodie off to get my blood pressure taken. I do not have to take any of my other hoodies off to oh, get my blood pressure because it's so taken. thick. Yes. Yeah, I have the exact same one, and I love it. I brought it to Seattle, and I wore it a lot. It's great. It's really warm. The archive project is continuing. If you would like to archive, just send us an email at littleredbandwagon at gmail.com, and Christy will hook you up with a week. Um, if you are shopping on Amazon, and I know that you are, set your bookmark to littleredbandwagon.com slash Amazon, and we'll get a few pennies every time you buy something, and it doesn't cost you any extra. Um, and check out our sister podcast, Earbuds and Earworms. That is Amy, wonderful Amy from Memphis. She was at the picnic and she was a delight to hang out with. Um, and if you have any ideas for your favorite or least favorite clips, I guess now we're doing <laughs> both for a end of the year, best of, worst of clip show, send them our way. So now some of my clips will get in and it won't be just Anne anymore. That's right. <laughs> All right. How to get involved with us, littleredbandwagon.com or throwyourphone.com. I think people are on to throwyourphone.com. We yeah. have like so many good. messages a day now and we love it. I look forward to opening my email inbox um, unlike ever before. Yeah, me too. Uh, <laughs> uh, you can find us on Facebook, of course. The show Twitter is at LRB Podcast. You can email us at littleredbandwagon at gmail.com. Voicemail slash text line 802-432-TBTL, 802 432 8285 I am with that you want to get us out of here until next time this is the next party we love you Jen nailed it Yeah. <laughs>